cooperate and do everything they need to do, but I want to get them out as I've got them, so we'll get that done. I think, uh, I think uh, y'all get me some times when all these folks uh, graduate. Now, I'm going to try to make a bunch of them on that 18th, 17th. Uh, Caitlin's graduating, and, uh, and let's see. That's on a Thursday, 17th, 18th. Uh, I think Mackenzie and Jacob and uh, the other Mackenzie Sanders graduates on that night. On the 18th, Hannah graduates. And uh, when does Sarah graduate? When? 19th, Saturday, on a Saturday night. Amen. So if y'all want to try to make some of these, uh, we'll, we'll hook up and try to get that done. I don't know how we're going to get them all done on the same night. Tyler Woolley, he graduates on a Saturday, right? Yeah, that morning, that morning on Saturday. If you've got your Bibles this morning, then we got all that took care of. Thank you again to, uh, for your coming and for being a blessing to come. If you're visiting today, we're just, we just extra glad that you're here. And uh, we're going to be preaching on Isaiah. I believe we are. I'm looking at it. Isaiah 59. It's a great place to preach out of. Uh, today is a, is a harder deal. It's a, last Sunday was Psalms 100. It, it's like, Anybody can figure it out. You know, it's, it's, it's just real easy. It was a little hard on us, Brother Sammy, with the worship and all, but it was just so true. It was just so evident. But then sometimes you get a message that you preach, and it's hard. It's, a, it, it's harder to see. It's harder to hear. It's harder maybe to admit sometimes when, when maybe it's speaking to us. And I just want to say to you today, if, if you're here today and you're thinking, man, I think he's just picking on me. Well, I, everybody else probably going to be thinking the same thing. And, uh, and uh, th this word is for correction, instruction, and reproof anyway. And it's supposed to tune us up and dial us in. And uh, just be glad when, when that happens to you. And, uh, and, and so we'll, we'll read God's word. I want to read, uh, read verse 8 of this chapter first. And then, and then we'll go back to the top and see, see what we've got. I titled the message that God is not the problem. Now, Mackenzie Sanders just walked in. Y'all give her a clap. We just gave you a Bible back there. <laughs> Amen. 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 We just, we got all that done. And Mackenzie, we're proud of you, just like the others. We just celebrated here. I want you to look at this verse 8 right here. I'd hate to be in this place. We don't want to be in this place. The way of peace they know not. And there is no judgment in their goings. And they have made them crooked paths. And whosoever goeth in shall not know peace. Now, you know, I'd hate to be going in a way that because I'm going in that way and there's no judgment on me, I, I'm not going to be judged. I'm not going to be corrected in this area. I've made up my mind that this is the way that I'm going to go in and, and I, I don't want no help. I, I don't want nobody talking to me about it. I, I, I done made up my mind. Even though it's wrong, I'm going to go in this route. That's a place that you won't never have no peace in. And how many of y'all know, even when I was lost, the Holy Spirit would come to me and let me know things like, you need to get out of that. You don't, you don't need to be in this car. You need to be getting out as quick as you can. Wasn't no peace in all that. And, and I just want to tell you, as, as much as I did get in, I thank God that he kept me safe and he kept me from going so far 
that I wouldn't be here today. And I wrote down a, a title to the message, God Ain't the Problem. I mean, I've heard people say so many times that they would even say that, why is God doing this to me? Well, if you're his child and you're out of line, that's the only ones he chastises, really. He said he chastises those that he loves. And be glad that he loves you enough that he's trying to bring you around. So a lot of times we'll blame it on God. Even Adam was in the garden, you know, and, and a lot of people said, as I just said a couple weeks ago, you, we think that he blamed it on his wife, but he didn't really blame it on Eve. He, he blamed it on God. He said, God, it's that woman you gave. You created this whole situation. And, and so everything comes in life. We want to think, well, God, why are you making it so hard on me? And this verse in, in, in Isaiah 59 and verse 8, it, it says there won't be no peace. The way of peace, they, they don't know. They don't know how to get to peace. But ain't we glad through the Holy Spirit that we know that the only peace that there is and the only joy that there is and the only happiness there is. Now, some people say, well, I know where happiness is. Happiness in fishing. You know, if I just get my fishing tackle out and go fishing, I, I'll be happy. Well, if you've got Jesus, you'll be happy fishing. Some people say, well, I'm on the golf course is where I want to go. That's where I'm happy chasing that ball around. I, that's where I want to go, riding a horse. Women may say shopping. They may say other things. You know, on a vacation at a certain place, we could say, where I'm happy is I, I go to this certain place, and that's where I'm happy. It better not be that place that's making you happy. It ought to be Jesus that goes with you to that place that makes you happy. And if it's Jesus that goes with that place that, that you just love to enjoy, and that's something that you love and you enjoy doing, some people are the happiest when they're working, like Brother Harris right there. He, he's the happiest when the planter's working and they're rolling and, and the smoke is coming out of the tractor, and, and I hear him now say, just bear down on it, boy. Brother Chad over, he's probably about the same way. He's a hard-working man. He's happy when, when maybe he's working hard and everything's lining up and the trucks are getting fixed and, and all that's going good, and it does bring you joy. I love building houses. I love, love to see them go up. I love to see the rafters get on them and all that takes place with all that. I, I love to make a change in a hurry. Sometimes, though, with God, ain't it something that I love the song that said, He's still working on me. Don't think that you got to a place that he ain't still working on you. And so sometimes what we do is, our lack of peace is because we're not a finished product and God still has a whole lot of work to do in it. We want to bypass maybe what God would have us to do. And I want you to go back to the top verse, verse 1. And he would say, stand still a minute, behold. He would say to you, look just a minute. Stop dead in your tracks. If you don't have no peace today and you don't have no joy today, God ain't the problem. God ain't the problem. It ain't because God can't supply your every need. It ain't because God didn't know exactly where he was going to be. It ain't because God didn't know everything that you was going to go through. 
The Bible couldn't say that it's going to make your crooked places straight if he didn't already know where you was going to be. <laughs> oh, the prayer said, give us this day our daily bread. He, he knows just as well what you need for each and every day of your life. It said, behold the Lord's hand. That ain't just anybody's hand. Oh, it's good for somebody to give you a hand when you're in a jam. I've needed extra hands in life. I remember having a guy was putting a beam on, on the front of a house and, and he was a, a, a softball player. He played with me and he could just hit a ball plumb out of the park. And I said, well, beam ain't but 40 foot long, Brother Harris. I said, I, if I can get my end, I know he can get his end. He, he can hit a ball twice as far as I can. He's, he's a home run hitter. But it was just something about getting that beam just up on there. And I had the two short beams there and I had me a little, little two before there uh, where we could just set it up on there. Just all we got to do is set it up on there and hold it. I'm going to nail my end. I'm going to come and nail yours. Man, we got that beam up and I looked on his end. His knees just giving. I said, oh my. And I, he's shaking bad as he is. I'm thinking it ain't going to happen. It, it ain't going. It, it, and I said, just throw it in the yard. And out in the yard we went with the beam. Oh, it come all to pieces. Man, I looked at him. I said, what happened? <laughs> he said, I couldn't get it there, man. I just couldn't get it there. Well, we had to go another route. We had to put it up in a couple pieces rather than one piece. You know, God sometimes, he just can't get it all done in our lives in one setting. I didn't remember what dying you said about my preaching. See, she, you ain't got to preach it all in one setting. You probably gonna get another change. You ain't gotta preach the whole Bible at one time. We can't absorb it all anyway. And how many of y'all gonna agree today that we are growing in the knowledge of the Lord every day of our life? That's the real reason why we come and we come to fellowship and we, we come to learn things about our brothers and sisters, but, but our real reason and what we've got away from, Brother Sam, is we don't look at it that way. A lot of time we, we come like, bless me if you can. Tell me something good that I'm doing. I mean, just let my name be wrote all over. Don't, don't come and don't tune on me. Don't dial on me. And this message today is I thought about you may be sitting there. It seems like every message I preach, like I'm not preaching this no more. This applies to me. This has got my Name And that's where you ought to be today. I don't think nothing's going to preach in God's word that you don't need to be either reminded of and you don't need to be taught about. So if you want peace in life, you want joy in life, you want, you want God's power in your life and God's strength on your life, you want to wake up in every day of your life, no matter what comes in your life, and, and wake up with a knowing that God has done made this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad. It comes to us right here. You know, we think uh, God's hand, uh, how he said, behold, he said, the Lord's hand is not shortened. <clears throat> we think, well, now God can't get to where I'm at right here. He, uh, he's not like they, Elisha out there when they built that deal and, and he laughed at them. He scolded on them. He, he, he told them, he said, maybe your, your God's on vacation. You know, they, they, had, they had built the altar there and they, they, they was calling on their gods and it, and it wasn't nothing happened. They done got to a point. They was jumping up and down and they was acting crazy. 
Sometimes we as Christians, we look that same way. Man, we, we act as if we don't even have a real living God. He said, he said what, what my prayer and desire is that you may know me as a man that gave his life on a cross, that died. I want you to know that. I want you to know that I am the man that was buried. But I also want you to know that I am the man that on that third morning when that grave busted open and I come out and I want you to know me through the power of his resurrection. Now that's where we live. He said, behold, the, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that he cannot save it. Boy, ain't you ever had, you know that weeping may endure for a night, that problem you got may endure for a night. That situation that you got may endure for a night. And then all of a sudden, after everybody has done tried to help you, and everybody's trying to encourage you, and all of a sudden, that song says, and I feel the touch oh, yeah. of the master's strong hand. Man, and, and God will just come down, and he'll just touch you. He'll just lay his hand upon you. And you'll just wake up and you'll say, look, I don't know how it's going to be, but I just felt like the hand of the Lord rested on me. I come to tell you, church, in 2018, the hand of the Lord hadn't been cut off. And the hand of the Lord is not shortened. Not only the hand of the Lord is not shortened, the arm of the Lord has been revealed. And who's going to believe the report? He can reach any problem you got. He can reach any situation you got. Why? Because he's God. He's done, done it over and over and over. It said, behold, it means, I mean, make a big deal out of it. Roll back the curtains on it. Behold, the hand is of the Lord is not shortened that he cannot save. How many times has he not saved us? Man, we think about salvation. Sometimes that's just as far as religious folks go. My word, don't tell me I ain't quote unquote saved. They all about, I, I prayed that prayer and I got that done. Look here, he's saved your name has been written down. But I'm going to tell you something. Every morning, the Bible said his mercies are new every morning. And what you don't know is you're getting saved every morning by what he is. If he left off one day, no matter how good you think you are, and he said, I'm not sending my mercies over today. I'm not sending my goodness over there today. I'm not sending my grace over there today. I mean, they done walked down the aisle. They done been baptized. They're fine. No, God's not like that. I'm telling you something in the morning, he's going to come with you the whole new batch of mercy. Behold, the hand of the Lord is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither. Have you ever said, Brother Eddie, how many times have I heard people say, I just don't believe he hears my prayers no more. God's not the problem. God's not the problem. That's what we're going to see in these, in these verses. God is not the problem. He hears, he hears you. Do you know, would you, would you admit with me that sometimes we don't even go to God? When God, and then when we go to God and God gives us an answer, we don't want it. We'd rather talk about it some more. We'd rather dwell on it just a little bit longer. And that old devil just laughed and said, you know what, Ben, they had such a good time the last time. I'm just going to make another issue. And that's what the devil does. 
I love what Paul, it don't really make no difference whose fault it is. It don't make no difference who done it. It don't make no difference what the company did yesterday. Look here, when you got up this morning, God's like, I, I'm going to supply your every need according to his riches and glory. I got everything you need. Here it is. He said again, I said last Sunday, he said, come unto me. My word, we go tell somebody else so they can go tell somebody else. So they can go tell somebody else. And I don't know if you know this. If you want to help somebody, you go grab somebody and say, I need you to pray me about this. Rather than you sending an email, and I ain't going to get on that other thing, that devilish thing you got. You ought to get some email, email going on. You ought to be getting down, look here, and, and, and carrying that thing to the Lord and saturating it with prayer. You ought to be saying, look here, this devil ain't gone long. I done took all this beating I'm going to take and I'm going to declare by faith in the name of Jesus. It's stopping. God ain't the problem. It ain't God's the problem. It ain't that his hand can't reach where you at. It ain't that his ear has done got dull of hearing. It's you done got tired of praying. You done got tired of believing. Can I just say this in easy? Maybe this, this is not the way it is, but maybe it appears this way. Let's say this ain't the way it is. Because you got to be real easy to put your hand on things you don't need to be touching. But maybe sometimes we take it maybe as the TV preachers as they want you to go and send that thousand dollars, you know. And, and, and if, if you can't send it there, you send here, it'd be fine. But, <laughs> but maybe we kind of take it like, you know, you know, give a thousand dollars and in the morning when you wake up, you ain't gonna have no problems, you ain't gonna have no tests, and you ain't gonna have a whatever. That would go about against everything that the Bible teaches. That would go against what God used a man called Job to teach us the very thing where he said that life was full of trouble. He had gotten to a place that life was so bad, he done shaved his head and he tore his, rent his clothes. Finally, he said, naked I came into this world. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You're doing a whole lot better than what you think you're doing. You're a whole lot more blessed than what you think you are. You're a whole lot further down the road. Even in the Lord, you're a whole lot further. We, we just want to look at things where we are right now. You don't know nothing about that man where he was 10 years ago. If you'd have got as saved as he did from five years ago to now, but no, you got saved 40 years ago and you meaner today than you was back then. <laughs> he ain't been saved for five years. At least he's down to half a bottle of vodka a day and you getting meaner every day. But you done slipped up on him and then found something that you can put in him and you know what the Bible says about that. It says, how come you trying to get that splinter? Come on now. Come on. How come you trying to wedge that little splinter, Brother Wayne, as we see so many people trying to clean somebody else up and what the Lord wants us to do every morning when we get up and just get us a chalk line and draw us a circle and get in it. Say, Lord, it's me. It ain't God's fault. I think we're going to see this as we read down through here and it may not be as exciting as it's been. It says these words, 
If I can find it, it says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that he, that he cannot hear you. Now, don't you look at verse 2. Mmm. Mmm. Look at that, but your. You feel that like I felt it? When I think, when I think of what I deserve, when I think about some of the places I done, I done been and some of the high mountains I done been with the Lord and how he done blessed me. And in the middle of that time, I was so happy. And I did just like the Israelites as God had opened up the waters. And I see myself, Brother David, so many times as God just opened up the waters for me, Sam. And, and I was able just to walk on the cross. I mean, I mean, I went from a flood. I mean, I went from, I went from a bad state. I, I went from a time thinking I wasn't going to make it. And Brother Larry, he just opened up the waters, boy. And I walked through and, and I talked about it for a few days. But it wasn't long. I was right back where I was. I wonder who was to blame for that. I wonder, could I say, oh, God, just, I don't know what God's doing right here. <laughs> well, we need to be asking the question, Lord, what am I doing? God ain't never changing. He's a God, the Bible said, can't never change. You ain't got to worry about God loving you after you got saved. God loved you before you got saved. You can't do nothing to make God love you anymore. You can't do nothing good enough to make God love you anymore. Let me tell you another thing. You can't do nothing bad enough to make him love you any less. See, he was bad when he got on him. We was bad when he got on him. We still bad now. It's only God's goodness that makes us good. Oh, look at it right here. It'll grind us a little bit. Don't think it's just you now. Don't, don't say it's my last Sunday. It's getting the preacher. I got to come back, I guess. I mean, come on. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear you. When Jesus hung on a cross with your and my sins, the father turned his back on his son. And that's when his son hollered out, my God, my God, why has I forsaken me? Because why? His son Jesus was bearing our sins. It says, For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity, and your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue hath mu muttered, murdered. Boy, that's a hard one. Yeah, perverseness. None calleth for justice, mm. nor any pleadeth for truth. Oh, ain't it something that everybody else, when they do wrong, we, we holler justice must be done? Oh, then it's when, when it comes around and one of our children to us, we, we're the first one hollering for mercy. We're the first one hollering, judge at just anything you can do to help me out. It says none calleth for justice, nor any pleaded for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Now I'll ask you something. How in the world are you going to get any, out of any jam like that right there? 
How in the world, if you do that all day long and you just dwell in that old poor pitiful me and you just dwell in that trying to get vengeance back, just dwelling in iniquity, how in the world do you think you ever going to get any better? What we might as well do is just come before the Lord because the hand of the Lord ain't shortened that he can't save us. I'm going to tell you something. The ear, his ear is not heavy that he can't hear us. Why don't we just come before How How long are we just going to kick against truth? It's like kicking against a prick like Paul was on that, on that road. He said, how long are you going to do this thing? How long are you going to try to get it done without Jesus in your life, without the Holy Spirit? How long do you think you're going to make it? Oh, but Brother Eddie, I plan to one day. You don't understand the jam I'm in. You don't understand the pressures I got done. And what we're really saying is, I really don't have time just to give God. Shut your mouth. Huh? If we don't say it out of our lips, we say it from our heart. God looks upon the heart anyway. Brother Ed, I really just don't, you don't understand. Hmm. Well, maybe God needs to take a little bit where you won't be so busy. Hello. Hello. That thing that you are making time for, that you can get up on your two feet and go to go, maybe he needs to clip one of them high. Like he did a little lamb that kept going away and he, he would break the leg. Said, look, if I didn't break the leg, I, I wouldn't, you was going to die. You would jump off the cliff. Oh, where was that right there? Yeah, none calleth for justice, nor any pleaded for truth. They trust in vanity. They speak lies. They conceive mischief. And they bring forth iniquity. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. If you'll trust and never doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. They hatch cockatrice eggs. They weave a spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and they which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. If I could just get my hands on I can just get my hands on them. If you don't get them, I will. They ain't going to get them. They just want you to be put in jail. They just getting you all fired up. Where's God then? Oh, but boy, when we sick, don't we love them scriptures? He's my present help in time of trouble. Huh. Except when we angry. Huh? Except when we done got jealous, it's we done got want to get back at somebody. It says violence is, is in their hands. Mm, God, it's not the problem. Their feet, boy, I ain't getting no amen today, but this ain't Psalm 100. I, I, know, it, I know it ain't. I know it's going to be rough when the Lord gave me this Thursday. I said, oh my, their feet run to evil. And they make haste to shed innocent blood. Boy, with their tongue, they can cut you up and slice you up. All with their lips, their thoughts. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their past. 
And I started with this verse right here. said, the way of peace, they know not. They don't even know. They don't even know. They done been in all kind of Sunday school classes. They in the best Sunday school class they could ever be in. They'll brag on your preacher. Oh, come on, let's hear my preacher. My, my preacher lays it down there right. <laughs> but my word, when a little elementary thing comes through, he ain't your present help in that time. Oh, we say he don't never leave us, no forsake us. We know a soft answer turned away wrath. Oh, we know him. We done been in the Bible drill, man. We, we got it. He said, you know what the problem is? He said, your lips is real close to me. But your heart, your heart done got away from me. It's like I said last Sunday. When your heart's lined up with his blessing, you ain't got no problem shouting. If it starts in your heart, you won't have no problem raising a hand. You won't have no problem worshiping. Look at it. It's the same way in everyday life. When your heart belongs to God, and look here, said the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to take it to the Lord. And y'all going to do what y'all want to do. I don't care if the business is falling down and it ain't making a dime. I'm going to take it to the Lord. Now, y'all go on and run down there and y'all go on and get the CPA and y'all get the ADA and, and any ADA other A's you want to get that ain't work for nobody else. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to call upon the Lord and he's going to hear my cry and I'm going to tell God, God, if it's been any failure, and if it's been any problem, if it's been anything in my fault, Lord, I want you to do something in me. And I want just to maybe travel over here if I can find the scripture in 2 Samuel right quick as we're going to read in 2 Samuel. It'd be in chapter 12. You know that sweet man we got. Oh, we all got some sweetness about us. His name was David. If you don't think that's going to apply to you today, you ain't got no ear. You listen to me. Here was David. Oh, he was a king in 2 Samuel chapter 12. He was hearing a message. The preacher Nathan was preaching. And David was listening. And this is just like the church. And here goes the message. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David... And he came to him and said to him, there were two men in one city preaching. And one rich and the other poor, he's preaching. And the rich man had exceedingly many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little lamb, which he had brought up and nourished up and grew it up together with him and with his children, and he did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay it in his own bosom and, what a, and, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler into, unto the rich man, and, and he spared not to take his own flock and of his own herd to dress it for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but he took the poor man's lamb and he dressed it for the man that was come to him. Oh, and here comes David. And David's anger was greatly kindled against this man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. 
and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he's done this thing and because he had no pity. I'm going to call him the preacher. Nathan said, and Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house. We think about the blessings of the Lord that he bestows on us. And thy master's wife unto thy bosom. And gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if it had been too little, I would have more given you such and such things. Wherefore thou hast despised the commandment of the Lord. How many times do we say, I know the Lord the Lord, the Bible says, but. Oh, we want to make exceptions, don't we? He said, why hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord? Why do we as people despise the commandments of the Lord? The Bible said, if you love the unlovely, what reward have you? He said, love those that despitefully use you. Anybody can love somebody loving on them. You ain't got to be no Christian to do that. Oh, look what he says. To do evil in his sight. Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with a sword. And thou hast taken his wife to, his wife to be thy wife and hast slain him with a sword, the children of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from thy house because thou hast despised me and has taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be his wife. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will rise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thine wife before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. Listen, this is the Lord. We can't bypass what, what God would have us to do. We, we can't say I'm going to do it on my own way because why? It will cost you too much. Sin, disobeying God, even though we think, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm angry with this situation or, or I'm in a jam because I'm in a financial place and I, I've got to do it this way. No, you've got to obey God. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and he'll supply your every need according to your riches in glory. As we try to bring it to a close. Oh, that was rough. I didn't even want to do it, but I... This man, Isaiah, you say, well, Isaiah, he was, he was really getting it going, wasn't he, a while ago? He, he was telling us about the hand of the Lord. It's not shortened. He was telling us that, that the ears done, hadn't got heavy for hearing. But I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 6 with me. And I want to read this sweet little text as we try to bring these things to a close, I want to tell you why you're going traveling Isaiah chapter 6. God hasn't retired. God's still willing. But just like last week, we preached about protocol to worship. This week, I'm going to tell you, you've got to position yourself if you want to be blessed of God. If you, if you, if you need God, to get you out of a jam. If you need God to be what God wants to be every day in your life, just like last week, 
We talked Psalms 100 and we talked, you just don't get to the king of kings anyway. You just don't come in the church and just say, I worship today. No, you go by protocol. And Psalm 100 has gave us protocol. If we're going to worship, we can't get around it. And I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to be blessed of God, we're seeing that it didn't work for David. We're saying that Nathan went to David and said, because you've out of line, look here. And then God comes down the thing. He said, let me tell you something. I'm going to put a curse on everything you got. Wow, it's quiet in here. You know, you, you know the person that's, that really gets me, and, and, and I know probably y'all have done this too, and I'm just talking to you like family right here. And I'm going to quit all that hollering one of these days. I just get excited about God. I, let me try to keep this right here. I got my finger right there on, on that where we was at in, in Isaiah chapter 6. Have you ever been with somebody and, and, and they just as precious as they can be and somebody's just undone them wrong? I mean done done them wrong. Yeah. And, and you just, you just like, man, I, I know it's a bad deal and and right out of that deal where you, I mean, them folks just done got done wrong. And really, in and of yourself, you're there to help them, but you want to go over and punch them out because they just so sweet. You know what I'm talking about, Reed? I mean, and that person, you'll be saying, man, I don't know if I was in the same position. And all of a sudden, they'll say this. They'll say, well, really, when I think about it, I'm really what caused every bit of this. I'm really the one that caused, as I, as I think about it. And, and, and you're sitting there, it's like, no, man. No, you, no. As I think about it, you know what? If I'd have done so-and-so, and I'd have done so and just say, Larry, this is something that this person's going through, and, and man, they just doing the best they can what looks to the eye, and they doing all they doing. This person done done them wrong so many times. And, and Brother Sammy, they just say, but really... I, I think as I think about it, and you, you right there done prayed with them, and you, you, you really want to say this, this I'm going to go with you. We're going to go get them. And that sweet per, spirit person says, it, it's kind of like you Maybe y'all ain't never played church league basketball. <laughs> if they ever start church league basketball again, don't you get in it. Because <laughs> see, we, we don't get to do a lot of stuff. And, and when we get out on that basketball court and we, you know, we ain't got to cuss nobody in a long time because ain't nobody, because we have to act right and we kind of keep our motors kind of down and we ain't got to reach and hit nobody in a long time. And we got all that ball up inside us. And by the time somebody throws the elbow right in our nose somewhere, before we know that old man that rose up and... Don't ever play church league basketball. <laughs> oh, I was on a church league basketball team one time. I was coaching there, and one of my men then got a technical. And I, and I, and I, and uh, David, you would know we can say this about Jerome Booth. He, you remember Jerome Booth, and he had a little hair, brother Harris. You remember just right, just barely stuck up on his head, and and so, and one of my guys come around. I said, "What's wrong with you?" He said, "He called a technical." I said, "Hell no, he can't call a technical on you." I said, I said, Jerome, 
what, what you doing calling the technical on, on, my, on my man? He said, I'm going to call one on you too if you don't sit down. I said, oh, sit down. I asked the fellow, I said, what'd you do? He said, I said his hair must have gotten his eyes. I done jumped up again. I said, Jerome. He said, I done told you. I said, well, sit down. <laughs> Don't there. One guy, he, uh, he was going up for the rebound, and he got it. It was my man, and he, he'd run over there, and this guy behind him, he, he happened to be a state trooper, Brother Ben, and he was swinging at my man. My man just went on, and when he, <laughs> and when he come over to sit down, I told him, I said, uh, Charles Elrod was right with me and all that back there. He knows all about it. And so <laughs> he sat down. I said, man, I, well, they called a time. And when the man went to swinging on the church league basketball now, get that in your mind. And when he was swinging at my guy, somehow or another, he got his finger caught in his trousers back there and broke that finger. Time. So the state trooper guy is going to decide he got a broke finger. And I went to tell my basketball player, I said, man, I just want to commend you for being so understanding. He said, about what? I should never said that. I said, well, that guy was swinging at you and you just kept right on playing ball. He said, what guy? I said, oh my. Look here what I done, look what I done done. But ain't it something when you're around folks and they got every reason to complain? Y'all have received this message. I can tell it's hitting every one of us. Look, and they got every reason to complain and you want to go along with them, Brother Larry, and you want to help them. Like I got some guns and bullets at my house. I'm just saying. I hope it don't get to that. I, we want to work, but I got them. And they said, no. What I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to go and I'm going to have to get this thing right. I'm going to have to. I'm saying that this thing could have stopped way back here. It could have done. Maybe a little of this blame we can lay over here. But most of the blame's going to come back to me. In Psalms 51, that man named David, you want to wonder how he got back right? Look here. He said, have mercy on me. Oh, God. He said, according to thy loving kindness, according to thy multitudes of tender mercies, blot out my transgression. It said, wash me thoroughly from my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgression and, and my sin is ever before me. Ain't no Christian going to do that. Ain't no religious person going to do that. Against thee only. You think you done got back at somebody? Who'd you hurt? Your father. Who redeems you? Who bailed you out? Who pardons you? It's like you done went back to the prison door and you shaking on the key on the bars of the prison of, of, the, of the jailer that lets you go and you cuss him. You're hurting him. Oh, it's grinding. It's grinding against the only have I sinned and, and, and 
and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightst be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in, in iniquity and, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me north wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and, and, and I shall be cleansed. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that thy bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out my iniquity and create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I wonder today how many of us really could use a right spirit. Oh, but I'm saved, Brother Eddie. I said us. I got, I'm in there with you, so you won't have to be by yourself. I'm being honest. Boy, if anybody needs any work, I need it. If it's anybody hadn't arrived, I hadn't arrived. I, I'm in on grace like you in on grace. I still got a lot of work for them to do on me. I love God's plan. I mean, you're talking about fighting words, Randy. Fighting words is when I go hear somebody said, I really don't like them preachers preaching on grace all the time. Like you're about the biggest idiot I've ever seen. It's by grace you saved. I don't go. I don't go to them preachers preaching on grace all the time. They grace this and grace that and grace that. Well, everything's grace. You say grace over your beanie weenies, man. Good Lord, you better be claiming on some grace. I'm about, I'm about done. We're going back over here to Isaiah chapter 6, that same man that we started off with. He said, the arm of the Lord, the hand of the Lord is not shortened. Oh, he said, oh, I can. He, he said, I can hear you. You know what this same man, Isaiah, in 6, this same, this same man said these words in the year that King Uzziah died. He said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne he was high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Oh, my word, when we're going through a hard time, when we're going through a time that we want to get back at somebody, when we go through a time that we think God done walked off and left us because things ain't going right in our family and raising children and all that, all that can go wrong in our health, we think, my word, going today, I'm going to get some blood drawn again. I've been running high temperature. My belly's hurting right now, but I mean, good Lord, God don't owe me nothing. I owe him everything. The Bible said to be to die, be to gain anyway. You don't know what's going on, do we, Benny? We don't know from one day to another. You talking about count your blessings. I told Sister Linda Hughes this morning, you better name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what the Lord has done. <laughs> Above it stood the seraphim's each one had six wings, and with twain he did cover his face, and with twain he did cover his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, singing, Holy, holy, holy. This is what he, this is what he seen. He, he saw this. It was the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth was full of his glory. That's, that's what he saw. That's what we ought to see. Said in the post of the door, moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was full of smoke. And Isaiah said right in the middle of it, when we, when we woke up this morning, Brother Michael, and we seen how good God was when you got all them babies up and got them ready and y'all got on down here to church, 
When you passed them hospitals, you passed on your way. You didn't have to stop to admit not one of them. Oh, look here. When Isaiah seen all that, he didn't want in no fight with nobody. He said, then said I, woe is me. Woe is me. I done looked into the hills which come of my help. My help comes from the Lord. I, I done seen them fair seraphim flying around. I done seen the Lord of hosts. Look at, and he that shouted at the doors of the, of the posts of the, of the buildings done shook. He said, woe is me for I am undone. Undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people that's unclean lips. You hear me? See, sometimes that devil will send you some help, won't he? Not only when you bellaching, he'll send some folks bellache with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, I'm talking about them unclean lips. Not only you got them, but you're around folks with them, and they'll come, they'll add to the deal. You're about ready to get out. <laughs> Somebody else, they just come around and stir that pot. That's right. <laughs> You'll go home and say, I'd bite over it. But Leon reminded me of something else. This ain't the first time I've been done wrong like this by this person. And I don't believe I'm going to be able to let this slide. Well, the Bible says, however you forgive. Hello. Oh, but now, Brother Eddie, I'm saved. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, you sure are. He said he ain't much as given, much as required. Just because he saved you, didn't give you no free ride. He gave you some saving with some knowledge and some lightning and the Holy Ghost. He said, look here, man, I didn't gave you all this. Like the man that was drowning, you know, and they sent a little paddle boat out there to get him. He said, I ain't worried about that. Jesus got it. After a while, they sent a motorboat. He done climbed up on a little roof. He said, I ain't worried about it. Jesus got it. Here come a helicopter swinging down a roof. The man's pumped on top and the water's up to his neck. And he said, I ain't worried about it. God's got it. The man died and stood before the Lord. He said, Lord, you done let me down. He said, look, man, I sent you a paddle boat and a motorboat and a helicopter. That word right there is a paddle boat and a motorboat and a helicopter. You hear me? It, it'll come to you. It'll come to your rescue, but we don't want that word. This is one time. I'm just going out to handle myself. You go right ahead and do that. You'll cause death in yourself, and you'll cause death on everybody around you. And when other folks come to you, and they ain't got some godly wisdom to give you, they ain't got some wise counsel to give you. I'm going to tell you something. You need to go take your vacation. You get you about six or seven hours away from that thing. You go in a cave somewhere if you got to where it ain't no way about it but you and God. And when you come out of that word, you, care. you need to see God high and lifted up. You need to see the smoke done fill the temple. You say everybody else can do what they want to do, but I see the Lord. I'm a man of unclean lips. Oh, can I finish that? He said, woe is me, for I am undone. Since you've been saved, how many times have you had to look at yourself and said, I ain't near about. I ain't near about what I thought I was. I ain't near about. I thought I, I, thought I had it going on. How did I lose my temper? Mm, why did I say, 
Why did I? Are y'all bad like me and got to get that last word in? Mm. I done throw all myself. You don't need none of y'all quitting on me today in here now because I done throw myself in the deal. Mm. Mm-mm. How many of y'all, we don't get on that bad stuff like real bad, you know. How many of y'all jealous? I won't call no raise a hand because y'all be lying. Keep your hand out. <laughs> jealous? Oh, you so jealous. Do you know people leave churches because they're jealous of people? Now, they blame it on the preacher, but it's really because they're jealous. You know they leave the church when it gets too hot on them? Huh? I ain't got to listen to this man. <laughs> I can go to easy street. I, I'm telling you, I got to have it. I'm not here jumping down your throat. I, I'm just here telling you, look, we got, we being justified. That's what it said in Romans chapter 6. We being justified. Just like we ain't never done nothing wrong. I mean, he's handed that to us. At least what we can do is be grateful for it. Listen, in God's eyes, you're absolutely 100% perfect. But we've got to be a tool and an instrument for him to lead others to Christ. In God's eyes, you're perfect. But he didn't save you just because heaven couldn't make it without you. He saved you because he wanted to use you to get other folks to come there. I'm going to finish right here. Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched my lips. And thine iniquity is taken away from me, and my sin is purged. He said, Also I have heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then he said, Then said I, Here am I. Lord, send me. How much he got to do in our lives before he can send us out? Wouldn't you want to think today that after the Lord done redeemed you, we didn't, rejo- we didn't deserve it. He, he, done, he done wrote your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yes, sir, it won't, it won't be erased. I don't care what you say, but tell you that's just a lie. If you come in faith and you've trusted in Jesus for him to save you, it's a lie. You, it's done. But he sure would like to get you, Ben. He done done all this so he can send you out and do a little something. That's what he wants. He said there was a time that you was an instrument of unrighteousness. We preach that about every Sunday. Boy, we was good at living for the devil. Boy, we could cuss good, couldn't we? Huh? It was so good, we wish we could cuss somebody out again. So I, wish I, could, I wish I could cuss them. I wish I could have my way with them. Huh? Oh, it's just in us. That's that old fleshly way. But I ain't going to do it because, Lord, I want you to send me out tomorrow. I want you to send me out. I, I want you to come down with something. I want you to burn me. I want you to burn me down inside to mold and make me. Let me tell you something. This message has been preached to you today. And every one of us are guilty in this room. Listen to me. You can turn a death ear to it. And it might have never touched you because you didn't position yourself to be touched by it. But the happiest person is going to be the person that finally comes after we done done all the wrong like David did. So Lord, Lord, if it be any more, just get it out.
God's good. Let's stand to our feet. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you today.